happening. Well, if you've got your Bible today, uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, Nanel read the first half uh, of that chapter. We're going to look at, at the second half uh, of the chapter because the whole chapter really is about how we're connected. And uh, these last few weeks have been about uh, who we are as a church, where we're headed as a church, uh, what we believe God has called us to do. And, and as a church, uh, we have a, a mission statement. It's kind of our foundational statement. Uh, you can look at it either as our foundation or the banner. And, and that statement is to lead people to experience the fullness of life in Christ. It's kind of, when you go on our website, it's the first thing you see on our website. It's who we are. We want to help people exchange what they think the world offers as fullness for what Jesus offers in fullness. And so that's kind of who we are all the time. It never changes, always the same. But for the next four, five, six years, uh, we want to be zero, uh, zeroed in and put our attention on a couple of things. First of all, we want to be disciple-making missionaries. And so we've established a vision statement uh, to, to help us narrow our vision for these next four to six years on who God's called us to be, to be disciple-making missionaries, those who, who go out to, to strengthen our family because we live in an area full of families. And so if our families are strong, then we can influence other families. We want to love our neighbors well and show them the love of Christ. That's why we collect candy for Halloween in the park. Uh, that's why we prayer walk our neighborhoods. That's why we connect with people in our workplace and our school so that we can love them well. And through that, we see our community transformed for the gospel. And, and how we live that out as a church really is kind of four ways. The, the strategy behind that is, okay, great, we have these great big statements, these wonderful things, but how do we do that? Well, we do that, as I talked last week about, we do that by worship, exalting Jesus, honoring him, praising him, and representing him well before others. That's worship. Uh, we do that by connecting with one another. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're one body, that we invest in our spiritual life, we grow we're called to invest in our spiritual growth and the church comes alongside us and helps us grow spiritually. And then we serve one another and we serve the community. And so as we walk through these weeks today, uh, we're gonna talk about what it means to be connected to one another as one body. And, and you might have noticed uh, something on my table here. Uh, what is this? A yellow submarine is the correct answer. And if you added Lego to that, uh, you're also correct. Uh, if you know your pop culture of the 60s and 70s, there was a little bitty kind of indie band called the Beatles uh, that had a song. And so um, this is a tremendous illustration. Legos are a tremendous illustration of the body. When we lived in Orlando, uh, we went to the Lego store often at downtown Disney, now called Disney Springs, uh, and it was wonderful. You could go in there and uh, actually before you even got in, you could see how amazing Legos were. Giant dragon in the water, Loch Ness monster type thing. There would always be, um, when we were there, there was a family, uh, a tourist family with their little dog. Uh, now they've gotten rid of that because of course you got to change all the time. Uh, and, and there's Star Wars characters. You could go and on the outside they had a giant kind of patio and you could play with Legos. You can't do that anymore, boo. Um, 
But it was a wonderful store, but every time you walked in there, you're amazed at the, the colors and the shapes and the unique features to each one of these. It's a little periscope here, the propellers, even this moves. Even, I didn't put the stand because I was afraid I was going to knock it off. But these Legos on the bottom here that attach to the stand, the shades of yellow and orange and red and pink, they all come together to, to make a beautiful submarine. We have another one of these, not a submarine, but another Lego sitting on our dining room table impending the cookie making process uh, because it's a giant Porsche uh, sports car and it's intricate and detailed and time-consuming. But one of these days in 2028, it'll get done and be nice and, and be a masterpiece. <laughs> Students tell Evan to get to work, okay? Uh. But Legos are, are a wonderful image for us to see how individual pieces can come together to make something grand and beautiful and greater than the individual. And when you and I live under one spirit, under one Lord, we can do the same. And so look with me in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start in verse 12. It says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all, the members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. As you and I read this passage about ears and feet and noses, the, the, the question to probably ask before we get to this being a part of the body is, how do I become a part of the body? A am I just naturally a part of the body because I was born, because I'm living, I'm a part of the body? Well, no, the, the way we become a part of the body of Christ is by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, by surrendering our lives to him, by placing our faith in him that he and he alone is the one to forgive sin, to forgive my sin, and to welcome me into his family, to adopt me into his family. And, and so this body illustration is for those who are, who are in the household of faith, those who have said yes to Christ by faith. He welcomes us into his body, the body of Christ, the, the family of God. And this entire chapter 
It is about being a part of that body, being a part of the the Spirit of God under the the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that under His power and His might, we're all part of one body. And the great news about this chapter, and truthfully the whole Bible, the great news is, it's not about you. That's the great news about being a part of the body of Christ, is it's not about you. It's about the body, the whole. We're all joined together through Jesus Christ, to be a part of the body. In our context today, in modern day American Christianity, we make it oftentimes about us. It's all about me. And the reality is, in God's economy, it's about the whole. The parts work together to make the whole. The good news Maybe even the greater news is that it's not about you. The greater news is once you're a part of the body, you can never get kicked out. That's the great news. He chose you. He chose you. And so you're a part of the body. You can't get kicked out. There's no gallbladder or appendix surgery to remove you from the body of Christ. Once you've said yes to Jesus Christ by faith, you're a part of the body of Christ, never to be removed. Now, If you choose not to participate, then that makes the body not work so well. If you choose to disengage, it damages your relationship with your Heavenly Father and causes the others around you that you're connected to to have to work harder. But also, it prevents them from being connected to you and it prevents you from being connected to them. So the body of Christ is important because you're part of that body and you're connected to the person sitting next to you, behind you, the person who sat in your seat an hour ago, the person who goes to the Methodist church and the new Lutheran church that I learned about this week at Hometown Heroes Park. Like we're part of the body of Christ. And so we're all connected to one another. And when you and I participate in the body of Christ, God can do amazing things. Because everyone has an opportunity to make a difference. Some of you know the name uh, Dr. DeBecky, a famous heart surgeon from right here in Houston. If you go downtown to the medical center, you see buildings named after him, a famous heart surgeon. Well, one day he was walking uh, into surgery early, early in the morning, and there was a gentleman cleaning the, the floor in, in the surgical wing. And he overheard the man kind of praying, talking while he's cleaning, And he said, this is what the man said, Dr. DeBecky and I are going to save lives today. Is he right? Mm, Some of us would question it. Your enthusiasm to not say yes proves that you're hesitant. But yes, because what happens if you don't have a sterile environment in an operating room? There's an opportunity for infection And in heart surgery, that's a bad thing. Any surgery, that's a bad thing. And so this 
janitor, this man who was cleaning the floor, this man, though maybe seemingly unimportant, had a tremendously important job in the process of helping save lives through heart surgery. Because the heart of this passage, uh-huh, no pun intended, um, is verse 14. Now you're awake. Good job. For the, look at verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. But many. Like every piece matters. Every person matters. Because you and I are part of something bigger than ourselves when it comes to the things of faith. You and I are part of something bigger than ourselves. It's called the kingdom of God, the body of Christ. And God intends you and I to be connected to one another in the body of Christ. Some of you are an ear, an eye, a foot, a hand, an ankle. Some of you are the lungs. Some of you are the neck. You're a vertebra, vertebrae. Some of you are the femur, like the longest, strongest bone in your body. You all have a part to play. The struggle is when we choose not to be a part of the body. Because when you and I choose not to be connected to the people of God, it's disobedience. And most of us don't see it that way. When we just sort of check out and say, you know what? I've got Jesus, that's all I need. And so those of you that are here today in person online, you're thinking, yep, I came to church today. Good for me. It's not just about the gift of showing up. But when you and I choose not to be connected to other people in the faith, it's disobedience because God never designed us to be independent Christians. Never. Because independence in the body of Christ is called cancer. It destroys. It destroys your life and it destroys the life of the church. And and the church cannot operate fully without every part of the body. And so let's be connected to one another. Let's be involved in each other's lives. Let's, Let's spur one another on to great things. I was talking to elderly church member after the first service and she lamented how, how she doesn't feel like she's connected and helpful and, and a part of the body anymore because of her age and her physical limitations. And I said, no. I said, can you pray? She said, yes. I said, do you give to the church regularly? Oh, I know she does uh, because she mails her check in. Yes. And I said, are you involved in a Sunday school class? And do you talk in there? And I knew she did. Uh, she said, well, yeah, it's hard for me to keep my mouth shut. And she said, oh, you know what? We visited so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so last week in the nursing home. And I said, what do you do? You're connected. 
You're doing it. You're living out the body of Christ because you can't teach or, you know, be up here and stand outside at Halloween in the park or be at Connect Camp or go to student camp anymore or teach a Sunday school class. That doesn't matter. No, you're connected to the body and and you're contributing and you're giving and you're encouraging others. The body of Christ is working because you're working. You're living out what God has for you in this season of your life, and you're faithful to that. So don't ever think that you don't matter. I, I told her, don't, you matter. That's true of all of us. Everyone matters in the kingdom of God. Every member of the body matters. Everyone matters. And so whether you think you're gifted or not, know that God has chosen you. He chose you. And without you, the body wouldn't be complete. You matter. Just like in an orchestra, every member of the orchestra matters. It's beautiful to hear a violin play even by itself, but doesn't it add so much more when there's a piano and other instruments? I love a good bassoon, but bassoons need help with others. They do. We're not designed to sort of be the solo. No, we work together to make beautiful sound. That's what an orchestra is designed to do. It's not designed to be a one-instrument show or a one-man band. No, they all work together to create beauty. And that's how we work together. So every member of the body matters. Everyone is significant. In, in verses 15 and 17, Paul writes about this ear and foot and nose. And like it, it, It's odd to say that you don't matter if you're not a certain other part of the body. That doesn't make any sense because the body can't just be one thing. Can you imagine a giant ear walking around? It looks weird for the one thing. But how can it walk around anyway? Because it's blind. So everyone matters. And I'll tell you this, Paul says in other chapters, that those things that are unseen, those parts of the body that are not seen are actually the most important part. And so don't ever think that because you're not the big time, you're not on the stage, you're not in front of people, you're not out in the front lines, that yours is less important. No, your connectivity to others behind the scenes is the most important. Two weeks ago, on Sunday afternoon, something amazing happened. In the last second, of the Baltimore Ravens in the Detroit Lions football game, Justin Tucker, the place kicker for the Baltimore Ravens, who happens to be a graduate of the University of Texas, <sighs> kicked <laughs> what is now an NFL record 66-yard field goal to win the game. And if you didn't see it, we tried to show it here, but the NFL has some kind of rule about uh, rebroadcasting without permission, and so we thought we wouldn't break the law, at least today. Um, and so if you watch that replay, 
he kicks the ball, 66 yards is amazing, and it hits the crossbar and bounces over and in, and Baltimore wins the game. Tucker runs around his linemen. Everybody pick him up, excited, joyous, huge win. Actually, the second time Justin Tucker's defeated the Detroit Lions in a last-second field goal, and so they hate him, I'm sure. Um, but, but I thought about that scene. This guy broke the NFL record for longest field goal. He won the game for his team. But do you know that no one... And I watched replay after replay. I watched the CBS uh, sports uh, replay of it. I watched the ESPN little one-minute highlight. No one mentioned Nick Moore or Sam Koch. And you're like, who in the world are those jokers? That's the long snapper and the placeholder. The long snapper and the placeholder who got zero mention. In one of the highlight reels, you can see the placeholder. That's it. But without Nick and Sam, Justin's just a small guy among big men. Everybody matters. Everybody matters, particularly the people that no one sees. And so you need the people sitting in front of you and behind you, beside you. The people in our first service and watching online need you. Because everyone matters. Every member of the body matters. Interdependence is God's design for his people. And if we ever get to the point where we think that either we're not needed or someone else isn't needed, we're on a slippery slope of destruction. Because imagine if the arm said, you know what? I'm strong. I, I don't think I really need the stomach. So I'm going to stop bringing food to the mouth because the stomach, you, all you do is mumble and growl and you're noisy. And so just, I can, I'm strong without you. And so I'm going to stop giving you food. At some point, the arm dies because the body dies. And the reverse is true. If the arm says, well, you know, I just don't do much except, you know, food, mouth. Like, surely they can manage without me. Like, they have a back, they can lean over and, you know, chicken style. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a break for some time. What happens? The body dies. The arm dies because we all need each other. And so whether you're the Justin Tuckers or the Nick Moores, you matter. Every part exists for the good of the whole, and your contribution matters because you bring value to the rest of the body of Christ. You bring value. 
Don't ever let anyone tell you that you're not valuable. Don't ever let anyone tell you, don't let anyone tell you that you don't matter because you do. You bring value to the rest of the body of Christ. Your contribution, your involvement, your relationship with one another is what helps advance the kingdom of God because you bring value to others. Your value helps bring value to others. Your relationship adds value to the whole. And it helps the body of Christ function properly. And people are drawn to the church. The challenge we face today, I think, is not so much that we all believe that we're valuable and so we're going to dive in. I think probably we struggle with just the opposite. That we don't think we're valuable. We don't think we're needed. And oh, by the way, um, if I were needed, they would ask my opinion a whole lot more. And we would do it my way a whole lot more. But what happens when we begin to turn inward in our approach, whether that's a lack of value or too much value, that's when frustration enters. That's when inefficiency enters. Because if the liver thought they could handle food better than the stomach, we'd have problems. The liver has a specific function, and it's not the same function as the stomach. And so when we begin to mess things up like that, there's inefficiency and there's frustration and there's division. And God's called us to be one body, many parts. Because if we were just a bunch of parts, where would the body be? There would be none. And so I'm thankful that we as a church, our little body here, is focused on seeing people experience the fullness of life in Christ. That, that we want to strengthen our families, we want to love our neighbors, we want to see our community transform with the gospel. And that it's going to take every person in this room, every person in building B, every person in building A, the new members that are joining right now over in the FLC, those of you watching online, it's going to take all of us to see the body of Christ operate the way God intended. And so I want to encourage you today that you are valuable to the kingdom of God. You, you have a lot to offer everyone else in this room. And everyone else in this room has a lot to offer you. And so let's come under one Lord, under one spirit, to be the body of Christ so that our world will be drawn to Jesus and not look up and say, all they do is bicker and fight about which arm is stronger. Now let us be a people who love one another and care for one another, that work together to see his kingdom advanced, to see others experience the fullness of life in Christ. Will you pray with me?